from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. So there's a bunch of economic questions. I mean, the whole world is talking about a recession this year. Bankers, you know, Jamie Dimon, the majority of economists, various commentators, there's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. Well, maybe that's true, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of a mixed picture. And there's no question that the inflation rate is coming down, which may be contributing to a little better economy than people think. It's not where it needs to be. But I, I want to chew on that. Um, let's bring in some of our experts on this inflation, recession, Fed story. John Carney, Breitbart News Editor uh, for Economics and Finance and co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. That's a must-read, by the way, folks. Very good commentary. And my pal and Trump uh, cabinet colleague, Tomas Phillipson, former chair of the Council of Economic Advisors, now professor of public policy at the University of Chicago. Um, I'll start with you, Tomas. Everyone says there's going to be a recession. So let, let me just walk through something here. Just hang with me for a minute. A little bit of context. So the first half of last year, the inflation rate surged got to 9% or so, and the economy slumped two negative GDP quarters. Okay, that may have been a recession by itself. I don't know. National Bureau will tell us sometime. But, Tomas, in the second half of last year, the inflation rate came down. Uh, the December numbers weren't bad. And uh, all of a sudden, the three-month CPI is only 1.8% at an annual rate. The core is 3 it ain't perfect. It's not what the Fed wants. There are other issues. The median CPI that John Carney taught me to watch is still 6.9% from the Cleveland Fed, and the core is 4.7. So the inflation battle is not over, but we are disinflating. And here's the thing that makes me I want to address to you. The, the economy grew better than 3% in the third quarter, and the Atlanta Fed GDP now tracker is looking at over 4% for the fourth quarter ending in December, which does not look like a recession to me, Tomas. So I ask you, I you know, everyone's talking about a recession. This is the most widely heralded recession uh, since 1538 A.D., but I don't see it yet. Yeah. So I'm asking you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I know. I think a lot of people talked about a Q4 recession as well, if I don't remember uh, wrong, and that didn't come. And some were even talking about a Q3 one. So the deflationary measures that we came out, you know, this week were even better than, I think, the, the top-line numbers discussed. Obviously, energy dragged down everything, but the core inflation in the CPI is just a lagged housing component. You know, housing is 40% of core, and that's highly lagged. So you're picking up a past increasing housing that's currently now deflating. So it's actually more deflationary, much more deflationary than, uh, you know, the numbers came out. And I agree a lot of economists are talking about this, but you know, economists are less important than the consumer. And the consumer came out with a blockbuster confidence report as well this week. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Being two-thirds of GDP, right? So that, 
So consumers are much more optimistic, I think, than economists, which is, I think, important because they're driving the economy as opposed to just observing the economy. But it is true in general that people have now anticipated that we should have a recession for a very long uh, for for uh, we should be in the middle of one now, and it keeps getting delayed in some sense. And the longer this goes, in my opinion, the more right is, is Milton Friedman. But this is just a money supply issue where we had enormous money supply growth, and then that we had negative money supply growth almost after that, and we see that transitioning with lag into the inflationary component in some sense. Yeah, look, that's exactly right. Now, um, John Carney, uh, on this point, the Michigan Sentiment Index, which came out yesterday, I guess, uh, 64.6 overall, up from 59.7, and November was 56.8. So that's, you know, Tomas is right. That's a big surprise. So, John, what do you make of this recession forecast? This is the most widely heralded recession since the 16th century. Well, I've I've said on your show, Larry, I said I didn't think we were – this was after a couple of the strong jobs reports at the end of last year that it was making it very unlikely that we would end up in a recession in the first half of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And as Tomas was saying, it keeps getting pushed back. When you have – when you're creating over 200,000 jobs, Every month, it's very hard to have a recession. People's, and as we saw, we, we, you know, falling inflation plus lots of job creation plus falling unemployment did contribute to a a much better than expected consumer sentiment number. And uh, for the beginning of January, I think it'll improve as January goes on because all of the other numbers that we're seeing also show things are going pretty well. I do want to put in a little context. We're still down on consumer sentiment compared to where we were with, in January of 2022. And that was a very bad number. So it looks good just because we've been down for so long, it looks up to us. Fellas, stick around. We're going to take a break, and then you're going to come back after the break. It's a hard break. Tomas Philipson and John Carney, I'm Kudlow. Just more on the economy and the most widely heralded recession since the 16th century, which hasn't appeared yet, by the way. I'm Kudlow. Stick around. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking about the economy and the much-heralded recession. As I said, it's the most widely forecasted recession since the late 16th century. That's a joke, by the way. Joke, 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 joke. It's Saturday. We can have jokes. Anyway, we're talking to John Carney of Breitbart, and we're talking to Tomas Philipson of the University of Chicago, formerly chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. Um, by the way, John Carney, that Breitbart Business Digest is terrific. It's a great product. Terrific. Product. Thank you, Larry. Um, so, John, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We had a break. Uh, but um, sentiment has improved. Um, I don't want to overestimate it. You're, you're correct. What's your read on the consumer prices? We've had a lot of disinflation, but the Fed's still got a ways to go. I mean, you've still got, you know, 4%, 5%. Wages are up. Uh, I don't think the Fed – I don't think you think the Fed has stopped its tightening policy. And and Tomas's point about the shrinking money supply is an important point. 
That's good for inflation, but it's not good for total spending in the economy. It could be a recession indicator. That's right. So I, I think if you look across the various measures of inflation, whether it's core CPI, uh, is up 5.7% year over year. It's, it's, that kind of 12-month growth rate means there's a lot of distance to go. We are not on a, an anywhere near a trajectory that would get us down to 2% by the end of this year. And I think that, so the Fed has a lot more interest rate hikes that it is going to have to implement, not just one or two. And the market right now is doing something that I regard as insane, which is more or less pricing in cuts starting in October, November, and December. Mm. So they think they may get up to 5%, and then they'll start cutting. I don't see that happening because the various underlying inflation measures I look at, as you said, I love the Cleveland Fed median, and I love their trim mean uh, inflation. Those really suggest that we that there's still a lot of inflation. If you look at services side, even services X shelter, uh, there is still a lot of inflation coming through the economy. It's not in goods anymore. We've come out of the goods side of inflation, and we're probably not going to get that again unless we have some sort of uh, energy, a, a renewed energy crisis. But we are going to see services side, uh, and I do think that the the Mild wages we increase we saw in December. I don't think it's going to remain mild given how low unemployment is. Yeah, you know, Tomas, um, the services are still services inflation, which is you know bigger than goods inflation, is still running five, five and a half, six percent. The Fed watches that. A lot of that's labor costs, Tomas, and um, the uh, wage tracker. From the Atlanta Fed is 6.1%. I think the Federal Reserve looks at that. So what's your outlook for the Fed, Tomas? You, you think they're going to keep snuggling up by quarters and then keep the rate high? Or do you think the bond market is right and the Fed's going to start cutting rates uh, later this year? Not only the bond market, I think inflationary expectations is coming down, which is kind of good news as well. I think, uh, you know, the consumer side, inflationary expectations, not what's re- reflected in the in the bond prices. But I think, you know, they're probably going to, I mean, they are, it's still a pretty tight labor market, or pretty, very tight labor market. So I think as long as that's the case, they're going to kind of be worried, it seems like, and they're going to trickle in with 25 uh, maybe as long as that is, that is the case, but the interesting thing about the labor market, I think, is the huge productivity swings we've seen the last few years. So, economists came in, and in the 2021 after COVID, we had a huge spike in productivity, and a lot of economists misread that and say we're going to have another 1990s boom in productivity. And then we had the worst productivity. Since the World War II period after that. And I think this remote work stuff leads itself to a lot of unproductive workers. And that's why the CEOs are screaming at their workers to come back, essentially, it seems to me. But some of the real wage decline that we've seen, you know, barring the last report where we actually had real wage gains, but we had a lot of, we had a year and a half or whatever, real wage declines. Part of that might be just reduce productivity because of all this remote work and something. It's not all inflationary, it seems to me. It's not just inflation that's kicking down real wages. It might be that productivity is getting worse and worse with this, all this remote work. And, John Carney, if, 
if productivity is down, unit labor costs are up, and that's very bad for profits. In fact, you know, labor costs, labor costs may be rising faster than prices, which is a big negative for profits. Profits are the mother's milk of stock stocks, but also profits are the lifeblood of the economy. It's also going to be a shock to uh, to businesses because they did very well and profits were up a lot, in part because real uh, wages have fallen for two consecutive years. Mm-hmm. So we were down in 2021. We were down in 2022. If you look at, you know, the 12 month uh, difference. And so what, what's happening now, and you can see this, a lot of a, a rising percentage of businesses say that profits are actually right now running below normal levels. This from, comes from the Atlanta Fed's Business Inflation Expectation Survey. They say that they're actually less profitable than normal. This is rising. This is going to keep rising. You even saw a hint of the what's happening in the banking reports. Uh, you know, the big four banks all reported earnings last week. They have really increased the amount of loan loss reserves they have because they know that there's going to be a loss of profitability. It's going to be harder for businesses to pay off their loans. And so uh, I do think that's why I still think we probably do wind up in a recession because as business profitability stops, they stop expanding. And so sometimes, but I don't think this happens at this point not to the second half of next year. And if we keep getting these strong labor reports, it's not going to happen until the following year. So, I mean, I was somebody who thought we're going to have a recession. You know, early last year, I thought we were going to have a recession early this year. I, I don't see how you have that at 3.5% unemployment. Tomas, um, that's an interesting point. If you, Tomas, if you were back at the CEA, what advice would you give a president right now in terms of policy? What, what would you give, Tomas? Well, I think the energy policy is the main thing that right. is sort of not right. being done in the correct fashion right. in terms of the Biden administration. I mean, he goes out and says, you know, I don't know if you saw that, but he says my economic policies are finally working, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we're seeing all this progress despite the administration as opposed to because of the administration. But if you look at just look at IRA, the inflation reduction. Now, two-thirds of new spending. Forget, forget all the gimmicks with the things that they did with the inflation rebate rule, et cetera. But two-thirds of new spending is paying people to under to go into more expensive green energy as opposed to fossil fuels. You're paying people to consume more expensive energy. If green energy was cheaper, the market would go there. We wouldn't need any public policy to have, you know, steer people into green energy. So it's more expensive. We're paying people to use the more expensive energy. And that's a, that's not, he's claiming that that's a reduction in, in prices for consumers, but someone has to pay the taxes for that, for those subsidies. Mm. So if you take into account, there's no free lunch in consuming more expensive energy. It either has to come from taxes or people's pocketbooks, essentially. So that's a big issue, I think. That's the biggest issue with this administration. They don't understand that there's no free lunch in paying for expensive and more expensive energy, and they're running tax off the tax bill for doing so and claiming that they're lowering energy prices by having subsidies facing the consumer. Yeah, it's just nonsense. By the way, they're breaking trade deals left and right. By the way, these wind, these offshore wind uh, farms are killing whales. You know this story? 
There's like seven whales have beached up on the, I think, New York and New Jersey beach shores. Dead whales because of these wind farms offshore. They're just killing whales left and right. I'm looking here at Third Avenue. They're, I don't see any whales, but I'm reading about them uh, uh, on the shore, on the beaches. It's a terrible story. You know, they, John Carney. Do you have a Do you have a gas burning stove? You do a lot of cooking, John. I do. I do a lot of cooking. I have a gas burning stove. That and that related to that. That one of the big subsidies that was in the Inflation Reduction Act, and it goes exactly to what Thomas was saying, is that they're saying uh, they, they'll give you eight hundred and forty dollars to replace your uh, gas stove with an electric stove. If you put a, a heat pump instead of, you know, an oil burner, I have an oil burner in my house, you replace that with a heat pump, you'll get uh, another $840. So there is all of this spending. And this is, you know, again, this is like broken window theory economics, right? right. Like ba- very basic economics. When you replace one stove with another stove, that, that work, even if they work exactly as well, Nobody got any richer. Yes, the guy, you know, and in fact, society got poorer because that that money should have gone to, you know, buy something new or better in the world. Instead, all you're doing is swapping out electric for gas stoves. Well, then, but you know, to Tomas's generic point, there's a lot of spending, and yes. and even if you do it through the tax code, tax credits are spending through the tax code. I mean, this is stuff that the Republican Congress, uh, you know, when they do their budget, they got to look at. I mean, they got to try to get rid of this stuff because this is going to increase aggregate demand while at the same time it's reducing supply. I mean, it's exactly the reverse. They're feeding demand and they're crunching down supply, which causes prices to go up. It's inflationary, no matter what the well, Fed the is doing. looked at this. That's what they said, by the way. They looked at this, and they said, yeah, for the first couple of years, it'll be inflationary. But then when we get the deficit reduction stuff, years down the road, it'll be deflationary. But of course, you know, that's never really going to happen unless we do have a Republican way of election at some point, because we're, we're, they're not, the Democrats are not going to follow through on the deficit reduction part of this deal. So we'll get all the spending up front and all the deficit reductions, you know, to the, you know, I'd gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, right? They're they're never going to get around to it. Tomas, so you got any beached whales in Chicago and Lake Michigan? <laughs> Not yet, but who knows? With these policies, they might be showing up soon. Well, I know you got to keep an eye out. Uh, these wind farms—they <laughs> kill birds, they kill whales. They're very expensive, as you pointed out. I mean, if this were cheaper energy, people would use it. Markets would have gone to yeah, exactly. it. But yeah. it isn't yeah, cheaper. That's what I think. Yeah. I think that's the big misconception here is that, you know, and, you know, he goes out and says we're creating new jobs, green jobs, which is a more inefficient way of using energy, right? So that's, you know, when we have economic growth, we do it by having less people produce more. Mm. When we use more expensive energy, we have more people producing less, uh-huh. right? So it's, an act, it's exactly the opposite great of what point. you want to be doing. That, no, no, that's a great point. Very well said. Well, gentlemen, thanks for that. Um, I kind of feel like the recession's not coming until the 17th century. It's not going to make it in the 16th century. John Carney of Breitbart and Tomas Philipson of University of Chicago, I appreciate it very much, folks. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk to our friend, General Jack Keene, 
about the Japan-China talks, uh, Japan-U.S. Uh, talks regarding China. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back with General Keene. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. 